Good morning. That was weak. Oh, thank you. Well, we are going to continue in our series on Follow the Yellow Brick Road. We've covered the three characters that Dorothy encountered on the, the Yellow Brick Road. And today we're going to kind of change gears. But first I want to ask, how many of you have seen the movie Bruce Almighty? Raise your hand if you've seen that. It's actually quite funny. You should watch it. The movie is about, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, if you were to choose to watch it. The movie is uh, about Bruce Nolan, whose career in TV has been stalled for a while. And when he is passed over for a coveted anchorman position, he loses it, completely loses it. And he begins complaining that God is treating him poorly. And soon after, God actually contacts Bruce and offers him all of his powers if he thinks he can do a better job being God. Well, Bruce accepts the offer and goes on a spree using his newfound abilities for selfish personal use until he realizes that the prayers of the world are going unanswered. And one scene, Bruce encounters God. And God encourages Bruce to pray. So Bruce says, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all mankind. Amen. And he turns to God and asks, how's that? To which God says, great if you want to be Miss America. (laughs) And chastised, Bruce then begins to pray a real prayer. He tells God what is actually on his heart. He is open with God. He is honest with God. And when he's finished, God says, Now that's a prayer. The state motto for North Carolina and about 100 different schools and other organizations is esse quam verdi, which means to be rather than to seem. To be rather than to seem. I think that should be the motto for every Christian who takes their spiritual journey seriously. To be rather than to seem. What we are is more important than what we look like. I heard a story of a pastor who went to visit a woman, someone who had not been in church for some time, and she told the pastor that while she wasn't a faithful church attender, she certainly was a faithful Christian, and she was careful to read her Bible with her family every single night and pray every single day, and I am a faithful person just because I don't go to church. And um, at this, she turned to her son and she said, son, bring mommy that book that we all love to read every single night. And the boy ran off and quickly returned, not with the Bible, but with the TV guide. (laughs) One of the hardest lessons to learn in the spiritual life is that God loves us for who we are, not for who we pretend to be. He does not need us to pretend. To put it another way, the way to a successful spiritual life is desiring to be more spiritual than you appear to be. Desiring to be more spiritual than what you appear to be. The way to hypocrisy is desiring to appear more spiritual than you actually are. To be rather than to seem. If I were to ask what is the most important conversation that you can have in a day, you might answer, prayer, we need to pray, right? We have to have a conversation with God every single day. But I say no, it's a conversation that you have with yourself before you speak to God. That conversation that says, um, I'm going to be real with God. I'm not going to just say a rote prayer. I'm not going to fake it. I'm going to be honest and authentic with God. Above all things, God desires our honesty. 
God desires a relationship with us, not with someone that we're pretending to be. And that brings us back to our movie, The Wizard of Oz. And our character for today, the great and powerful Oz. When I watched The Wizard of Oz as a small child, there were several characters that frightened me, but I think the one that frightened me the most was the great and powerful Oz. That huge green head floating over the throne with flames and smoke surrounding him scared me to death. If I had been there in that room, I would have run and jumped out the window with the cowardly lion. Of course, later in the movie, we find out that the wizard isn't that scary after all. He's just a man behind a curtain. And when Dorothy and her companions realize that he's not the great and powerful Oz, but just a humbug from Kansas, Dorothy says, you're a very bad man. And the wizard replies, oh no, my dear, I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Let's watch today's video clip from The Wizard of Oz and take a peek behind the scenes. And I believe my eyes. Why have you come back? Please, sir. We've done what you told us. We brought you the broomstick of the Wicked Witch of the West. We melted her. Oh, you liquidated her, eh? Very resourceful. Yes, sir. So we'd like you to keep your promise to us, if you please, sir. Not so fast. Not so fast. I'll have to give the matter a little thought. Go away and come back tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, but I want to go home now. You've had plenty of time already. Yeah. Do not arouse the wrath of the great and powerful Oz. I said come back tomorrow. If you are really great and powerful, you'll keep your promises. Do you presume to criticize the great Oz? You ungrateful creatures think yourselves lucky that I'm giving you audience tomorrow instead of 20 years from now. Oh. The great Oz has spoken. Oh. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The great and Oz has Spoken. Who are you? Oh, I, I, I am the great and powerful wizard of Oz. You are? Uh, I yes. don't believe you. No, I'm afraid it's true. There's no other wizard except me. You humbug! Yeah. Uh, yes, it's exactly so. I'm a humbug. Oh, you're a very bad man. Oh, no, my dear. I, I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Maybe he was a very good man, but as far as anyone in Oz knew, he was the great and powerful wizard of Oz, except he wasn't who he said he was at all. In the last few messages, I've tried to portray who we can and should be as Christians on our spiritual journey. We should all seek to have the brains of the scarecrow, the heart of the tin man, and the courage of the lion. This week, we're moving into a bit of a different territory. For the next several weeks, I want to talk about our spiritual dysfunctions, those ways that we fail on the yellow brick road. I want to talk about the places we go wrong in our spiritual journey. And the first and most common way that we go wrong in our spiritual journey is that we become like the wizard when we try to appear to be something that we're not. We wear a mask. 
It's one thing to aim at spiritual growth. That's the greatest thing that you can desire. It's quite another to hope you look more spiritual than you really are. How many of you remember Leave it to Beaver? Some of you, you ancient ones, you old people. Remember Eddie Haskell? He was the kid who was always so polite when he was around his parents. He, and he, he was a complete and total brat when he was with his friends. He wore a mask of politeness when he was talking to the Cleavers, but in private, he was a totally different person. God wants us to be rather than to seem, even if being is not quite what we want to look like before God. God would rather see you in all honesty than to come before him with a mask. So let's turn to our first scripture passage. We're going to have a couple of them today. The first one's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. And for the sake of being heard on uh, the live stream, I'm going to go ahead and read this passage. This is a parable. Uh, The Pharisees had come before Jesus, and they were, uh, again, testing and questioning and uh, harassing him. And he began to tell them some parables. And uh, this is the parable of the two sons. Starting at verse 28, it says, What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Jesus said something really interesting after he told this parable. He says, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going to the kingdom of God ahead of you. Now, for the average person in Jesus' day, those were the last two people that you would expect to see in the kingdom of God. Tax collectors and prostitutes. And he's talking to the leaders of the church. And he's saying to the leaders of the church, these tax collectors and prostitutes are going to reach heaven well before you. Jesus said they had a better chance of getting into heaven than the Pharisees. Why did he say that? Well, because they weren't pretending The tax collectors and the prostitutes were being real. They weren't pretending to be something that they weren't, but the Pharisees were. They weren't hiding behind a mask. God was able to see them for who they really were. And they were who they were, even if the reality of who they were wasn't all that pretty. And because they could admit who they were, they were able to become who God wanted them to be. When you don't admit who you are, then you can't change. But when you come before God and you admit your faults, guess what? You're ripe for change. You're ready for change. There's a difference between holding certain things back in public and being completely a completely different person in private than you are in in public. The truth is God accepts us for who we are. We don't have to pretend to be a different person. 
We don't have to wear a mask. Because believe me, that's tiring. Do you know what the problem is with wearing a mask? No one knows who you really are. And when no one knows who you really are, that's a very lonely place to be. When we first meet someone, we may put up a facade. That's fairly normal. None of us really kind of just throw out there who we are in the first 30 seconds of meeting someone. And that's probably a good thing. But as we get to know the person and we begin to, de- to develop a relationship with that person, then we begin to drop the facade and we allow that person to get to know the real us, who we really are. And if we don't drop that facade, then they will never really get to know us. I have counseled husbands and wives who have both held up facades for years And eventually they realized that they were not really loved for who they were because their partner didn't even know who they really were. And just to be clear, we who pretend um, uh, and wear that mask, who we pretend to be is not who we really are. And like I said, when you are pretending to be someone that you're not, it is exhausting. So do you want to hear some really good news? Jessica does, so I'm going to tell you all. Before God, you can be who you are. No matter who you really are, because God made you that way. You don't have to come before God and pretend to be something you're not, because God created you, and he knows you better than you know yourself. Before God, we can take off the mask. We can be real. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to improve who we are. We can't say, well, God made me who I am, so I'm going to just stay who I am. I'm not going to change anything. Uh, No, we need to change. That's called spiritual growth. I'm not who I was when I was 15 or 25 or 35 or even 45. I'm going to stop there. Um, And that's a good thing. I hope that I have grown spiritually over the years. And I hope that in spite of my age, I'm still able and willing to mature and to grow even more. Whether we're 5, 55, or 105, there is always room for growth. I said that God accepts us for who we are and where we are, but God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't say, okay, now that you've taken the mask off and we've looked at who you really are, just stay right where you're at. No. The tax collectors and the prostitutes, they didn't stay tax collectors and prostitutes. They changed. God accepts the tax collectors and the prostitutes, but God doesn't leave them where he finds them. They don't have to continue to rip off friends and sell themselves to the highest bidder. They can become saints of God. The poet Paul Lawrence Dunbar, he wrote a poem, and I want to read a part of that to you. He says, we wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth with mirrored subtleties. There are times when we all wear a mask, this mask that the uh, the poet Dunbar um, describes. And for good reason, he goes on to write, why should the world be overwise? in counting all our tears and sighs. Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We can hold on to the public persona. We can put on our best faces, even if they are false faces. But ultimately, it catches up to us. 
Dunbar's poem ends, We smile, but, O great Christ, our cries, to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but, O the clay is vile, beneath our feet and long the mile. But let the world dream otherwise, we wear the mask. Basically, in the end, Dunbar realizes that when we come to Christ, we can take that mask off. If we can't be ourselves before God, then we can't be ourselves at all. So the first way that we are like the wizard in The Wizard of Oz is by pretending to be something that we're not. We put a mask on. The second way that we uh, are like the wizard in The Wizard of Oz is we can become hypocrites. Yes, it's true. Sometimes our walk does not match our talk. There's a word for Christians who say one thing and do another. You know what that word is? Hypocrite. That's right. They're a hypocrite. It's far easier to call someone else a hypocrite than it is to admit that you are a hypocrite. The truth is that much, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, I am a hypocrite. My walk does not always match my talk. I am not always a loving wife. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> I am not always a kind mother. I am not always a faithful daughter. I'm not always a patient boss or even a compassionate friend. And like you, I'm a mixture of good and evil. Paul said in Romans 7:18, "For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out." You see, I believe that's the reality for every person who is a Christ follower. We want to walk the talk, but our sinful nature is at war within us, right? So what do imperfect Christians do? I mean, just deciding that we're going, not going to make mistakes doesn't keep us from making mistakes because there's a battle going on. But I think the answer is pretty simple. We need to be careful of what we say. Let's stop preaching things that we can't actually live out. Let's stop pretending to be something that we're not. Let's stop talking so much and start walking a little bit more. I find the more humility I add to my words, the smaller the gap is between who I am and who I say I am. When you admit your shortcomings, you build a bridge between you and others. Owning your sin is different than living in it. That's really important. Owning your sin is different than living in it. Confession is never an excuse for complacency. So what do you do if you live in the tension between what you say and what you do? I think you change both. You change both. You change how you live through the power of Jesus Christ one day at a time. And at the same time, you change how you talk about your faith yourself and how you live. Stop elevating yourself. Stop saying you're better than you are and start living better than you are or can be. If you want a quick fix for hypocrisy, accelerate your walk and humble your talk. Make sense? Nothing closes the gap between word and actions faster than that. The third way that we tend to act like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz is we tend to hide behind the curtain because we're afraid. 
We're ashamed. In the original book, when we finally discover the wizard behind the curtain, the wizard goes on to explain to Dorothy and her companions the reason behind the smoke and mirrors. He explained that he had worked hard to keep up the image of being the great and powerful Oz. When he had landed in, in the land of Oz, he had crashed his hot air balloon. He was just a humbug from Kansas, crashed his hot air balloon. And they thought it was a miracle. They had never seen anything like it. This man fell from the sky and he lived. But he was afraid of all the other wicked witches in the territory. And he explained that he feared that if the wicked witches discovered that he was just an ordinary man and not some great and powerful wizard, they would destroy him. Therefore, he hid behind the facade. He hid behind the curtain. He wore the mask. The truth is, we can only put up a a facade for so long. And eventually, somebody's going to come and pull back the curtain. Eventually, when that curtain gets pulled back, the truth gets revealed, and we are seen for who we really are. In the story of Adam and Eve, after they had sinned, they too tried hiding behind the curtain. Well, behind the fig leaves, right? But they hid nonetheless. So turn in your Bibles to Genesis. Very first book in the Bible. It should be fairly easy. Genesis chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 10. Genesis 3. And it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That's where they went behind the curtain. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as they were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Adam and Eve looked at each other and realized all of a sudden they were naked, right? They were naked and they were ashamed. What changed? I mean, before they ate the fruit, they were naked, but they weren't ashamed. They didn't even know they were naked. Now, all of a sudden, they are self-conscious. Adam wondered if Eve noticed his love handles, and Eve wondered if her fig leaf made her butt look big. (laughs) They wanted to look like a wizard, but in fact, they were just Adam and Eve hiding behind the curtain. And the worst thing was, they were hiding from God. In In their shame, they felt alienated from God. And we, too, try to hide from God, right? We try to hide behind our good deeds. We try to hide behind our church attendance. We try to hide behind our tithing. We try to hide behind our acts of service or our volunteer work. And even though we know that God loves us just the way we are, we try to hide from him whenever we have sinned. We know that we don't have to put on a false face before God. We know that. We know that God deserves no less than for us to be our true selves. 
But the truth is, it's hard not to hide when we have sinned. It's hard not to hide behind the curtain when we're afraid. But we can help each other. We talked about unity in Sunday school this morning. We can help each other because we are a community. We are in unity with one another. Going back to Dunbar's poem, Dunbar was an African-American poet. And he wrote the poem to describe his experience living as a black man in our country. He didn't feel it was safe for his people to be their true and authentic selves because it could be dangerous for them to be that. If they were to be who they really were in public, they could get into a lot of trouble, maybe even killed. Society didn't and still doesn't make it possible for many people to be their true selves to be the person that God has created them to be. But we, the church, need to create that space. We need to create a space where people can come out from behind the curtain and feel accepted and feel love. We need to send the message that we don't have to be a wizard to be accepted because guess what? None of us are wizards. We can be ourselves. And that's how we should love too. We need to love real people, not cardboard saints. We need to love people as they really are, not people pretending to be something other than what they really are. And we need to create a community where we can um, allow people to be them true, their true selves, where they can share their triumphs as well as their defeats, where they can be joyful as well as sorrowful where they can celebrate their successes and find a place where they can overcome their failures. I want to share one last quote with you in closing. This is by James Baldwin. And I think this is a beautiful quote and a good one to end on. It says, love takes off masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Any comments, questions, or concerns? Yes. I just want to say, it, do you find it a little ironic that you started the podcast right as when all this is happening? Do you feel like that was God yeah. into your heart that yeah. you should do that this time? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like the timing, God's timing is perfect. Because people are like, are you going to church? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to church, you know. There's mm-hmm. nothing going on and you have to watch people and I'm going to church. Yeah. Know? But if it comes to that point where we mm-hmm. can't go to church, Yep. And even if it's just the worship team um, and me, we will continue to live stream it. So if you're sick, if, you know, you know, and maybe not forever, but for the next probably four or five weeks, we'll be doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. But the podcast is forever. You can always get the sermon on podcast. Yeah. Sometimes listen to it, even after I hear the sermon in person. Oh, wow. That's weird. <laughs> she she missed one week and she said, "Yeah, I listened to it. I listened to it twice." And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> why would you do that?" <laughs>